What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Throughline Podcast. New beats for a new day. Thought we'd get a little wacky with that one, considering what we're doing today and what we're coming off from yesterday. I want it to be tomorrow, but it was actually yesterday. Uh, it's actually a week ago of last week's episode. Uh, I'm Jay Larson. Welcome back to the Throughline Podcast. Uh, excited to have you here with me. Uh, can you believe, are you out of your mind? It's almost the end of February. That's insanity. I mean, it's not almost the end, but the 19th, get out of here. If you're in Los Angeles, I'm at the Hollywood Improv tonight. Uh, you can still go get tickets and use code Larson to get a discount. Um, that's tonight at the Hollywood Improv. And as always, jlarsoncomedy.com, jlarsoncomedy and all social media, uh, through line podcast, um, on iTunes, obviously, you're listening to it. But also, there's a Throughline fan page out there on Facebook. For those of you that started it, you're the best. You're the best. I'll tell you this. For every negative thing you read about yourself on the internet, it can be overcome by one positive thing on the internet or an email. So many of you have reached out to me, and it's been fantastic. I appreciate the love and the interest and the people who are involved and intrigued. You guys are the best. I couldn't uh, be here without you guys. Uh, and a big shout out to anyone who's come over from the Crab Feast podcast. Uh, I love you guys. Feaster Nation. And if, you, if you're if you new to this podcast and you never listen to the Crab Feast, go listen to the Crab Feast podcast I used to do with Ryan Sickler. It was one of the best uh, artistic endeavors, I guess, I've ever done in my life with one of the best guys comedians people dads i know ryan sickler and he has a new podcast uh called the honeydew so if you're listening to this and you're new uh either through my comedy or hearing me somewhere else or seeing me somewhere else go check out the crab feast podcast and go check out the through uh the honeydew podcast as well um i'm excited about this week's episode uh my through line is wizardry Coming off Dan Harmon, who some of you may or may not know is big into Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, that's where a lot of you know his. Uh, I think Harmontown came from that. If you listen to Harmontown, and uh, this week's guest is a wizard in his own right. Um, do I have anything else I want to tell you about before we get into this week's episode? It's a lot about magic. This week's guest is a magician. I love magic. I love things that people doubt because I don't want to doubt anything. I just want to look at things and be like, all right, cool. I'm on board. Blow my mind. I'm going to sit here. You blow my mind. And then I'll go home and I'll talk about it and be like, man, I can't believe how freaked out I got. And I went back and re-listened to this interview because I did it a while ago. And, you know, I, I had said to Justin... Um, Justin Woolman's this week's guest. I had said to him, uh, how much does numbers play into magic? He said, a lot, because I do a lot in, in my in my show. And then my wife and I went to his live show, which he had a residency at the Roosevelt in Los Angeles. That's where he went. And he did this trick at the end that was insane. I just want to give you an idea before you listen to the podcast. He basically, at the beginning of the show, he had taken some guy's phone and put it in a glass bottle that had an opening that would not fit a phone in it. That's just, that's one, okay? That was just some little thing that he just threw away. He does that He does that on his show, um, Magic for Humans, which is on Netflix. So go check that out after you listen to this podcast, and you're going to be blown away. Or just Google him and watch some of his amazing tricks online. So 
he does that. He takes this guy's phone. Then at the end, the guy hasn't had his phone the whole time. At the end, he gets the phone out of the thing. I won't tell you how. Brings a woman on stage who's never been to a show before in her life. And at the beginning of the show, he had asked, has anyone never been to Magic before? And she said, and this woman. So he gave her this envelope, and he said, we'll open that at the end. Brings her on stage, takes the guy's phone out, has the guy come up, turn it on, gives it to the woman, and then starts going around the room and asks, asking people for their childhood address number only. And then he was taking those numbers and multiplying them by each other. And I can't give it away. I mean, I don't know if you're going to go to the live stage show, but what happened in the end was just, it was so ridiculous. Like when you see a comedian, they have like their closer and you're like, oh man, best joke of the night. Unbelievable. This closer of magic or manipulation, whatever you want to call it, freaked us it didn't freak us out it just had us like the whole night being like that was that was crazy and she's like how would he even i'm like i don't know why 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 sit here and try and figure it out let's just be blown away and we were and it was awesome he's such a solid dude uh i was so excited to have a chance to sit down with him so without any further ado thank you for listening to throughline podcast please enjoy this interview with justin willman and check out his show magic for humans on netflix this week's episode is brought to you by OpenFit. OpenFit is bringing you something new that makes it even easier to never miss a sweat session. Lose the commute to the gym and let the workouts come to you. OpenFit takes all the complexity of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. I would love to work out for 10 minutes a day. Everyone's bodies are different and OpenFit gets that, which is why it personalized your needs with custom tailored original content. Amazing trainers and classes, super simple, access anywhere and anytime, results you can see. Lose up to 15 pounds in just your first 30 days. Flatten your abs, shape your body, and look and feel great. I want nice abs. Who doesn't want good abs? You look at people with abs and you're like, how'd you get those damn abs? I think this might be the answer. Forget all the complexity and stress of around getting fit and just press play and work out on your schedule. 600 seconds with celebrity trainer Devin Wiggins packs the fat-burning, muscle-building, and body-sculpting benefits of much longer sessions into a fraction of that time. In all honesty, every time I go to the gym, you're just wasting the time. It's not even like... You're the one who wastes time because you don't know what you're doing. That's why you need someone to tell you how to do it. No one can afford a personal trainer. That's Anyway, maybe you can. OpenFit has changed the way I work out. And with my code Larson, you can join me on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use my code Larson and start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, my listeners get a special extended 30-day tr- free trial membership to OpenFit, where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text Larson to Three zero three zero three zero thirty thirty thirty. Text Larson to thirty thirty thirty. You'll get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Just text Larson to thirty thirty thirty. And let's see, I'm gonna be doing it. I'm starting on the twenty sixth. Now you can get a head start on me. Let's see what we can do together. Thirty days. Check it. Record because the gold. I'm gonna be. Uh, I like this idea of the of doing a you know the Ace Hotel Theater downtown. Yes, 
I thought it'd be cool to do pitch them an idea of doing a show like this on the stage with the empty theater lit cool behind oh, me. Oh, yeah, because that theater's and gorgeous. And like a midnight show. It's such a gorgeous theater. Yeah. I mean, how, that's like, what, 2,000 people yeah, maybe? Yeah, I don't need to. Put them on the stage. I went to the Twin Peaks premiere there. Oh, yeah. I had a buddy who went to, well, he saw, uh, he saw what's his face? Lynch? David Lynch speak about a new book or something. Show there. a little respect. Was it recently? Because they had the David Lynch, like, phantom party of wizardry or whatever. Some book signing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Which, Lynch. by the way, we're in the uh, theater here at the Roosevelt where you're having a residency. As we were walking in, there was a plant, or it was just a fan. I, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Came up to you and was so excited, and he said he appreciated your wizardry. Yeah. Is that... Do, can people say that to you? I like it when they get a little more creative as opposed to, I love your tricks. Well, yeah, that feels tricks. Like, oh, you mean like the one where I hop on one leg or I can eat the treat off my nose? Those yeah, are tricks. Totally. Dogs That'd be like saying it like tricks. a comedian, like, oh, yeah, what's that bit you do? What's that, uh, mm -hmm. what's that joke? Tell us one of your jokes. And you're yeah. just like, can the punchline, what's that thing? Can you not belittle it so Dance much? Dance monkey. That skit. What's that skit you do about airplanes? But wizardry is. Wizardry uh, I like. That's intense. That'd be like them saying, "Hey, I love your your humorous stylings." Yeah, for I'm sure. A fan of your gesturing, because that dude was straight up a fan. He's like, "I love the show, and I look forward to watching more." That was cool. And then he gave you a look like, "I know what room you're in, and uh, I'm going to find you." Uh huh. Do you no, get a lot of that? Because like, 20. when people are a fan of magic, you know what I mean. You're a fan of magic. Well, what's interesting is that now. With the with this Netflix show, people because like I'm I was very authentic in the show and like you know like included a lot of stuff from my real life and yeah. home videos. People really feel like they know me now, which I feel like they didn't really before. Yeah. Well, know, they have I mean, an intimacy now. And when do people are you let into the world of an artist? Podcasting has done that, but like magicians, I mean, stand ups get up there and they'll talk about their life, but a magician normally isn't. Right. You know, which by the way. You have an, an insane ability. You almost are mixing comedy, magic. I don't want to say jackass, but like pranking. Like you almost are like pranking people. Like you're twisting their, their mind beyond. Like that invisible where you made that guy invisible. Yeah. That's magic mixed with humor mixed with prank. You know yeah, what I mean? Social experiment. Yeah. I guess it is a prank. A smart prank. But, is no, a I like social experiment because well, it yeah, really it is. It just makes it sound smarter. But, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, how are you even like. Because for me, I do. My comedy sometimes weaves that line of, especially with crowd work, messing with people and tricking their mind. Because as a comedian. So they don't know, like, wait, is he serious now? Or, like, what? Exactly. You know, what's happening? Is this, is this real? Yeah. Is this still the show? Which well, I feel great. like you, um, you know, like you push the limit of what could be real, not just with the way you're making people laugh but the magic you're giving them and then the experiment overall so then they're almost like you just get right to the border of it before people would be like nah not real or right. not funny well, or ma magic is a social experiment i guess as an art form <sighs> yeah. nowadays yeah. just because it's like you know there's an understanding as an audience that i, I would assume that i'm presenting you tricks these are tricks i'm not even take wasting time to let you know hey by the way these are all not real, but I'm going to present them as, they're, as if they're real. You know, I just yeah. do what I do, assuming people get it. And sometimes people obviously do get it, but sometimes people are like, but wait, wait, hold on. This is starting to feel really real now. Yeah. Is it real? No, it's not real. Well, some stuff you do feels like it's like, could it be real? Could it not? But then there's other, that cell phone thing with the water bottle. Oh, yeah. Isn't, this is one problem I have. Mm -hmm. um, okay. 
it's not a problem. It's just I almost am like some of these things you do are so amazing, mm-hmm. but yet it's just a it's just one part of the show. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, no, no, dude. We need to stop time, uh-huh. and everyone needs to come together and be like, "How did this happen?" You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah, blew- the cold open, damn it. That's what I'm saying. That thing blew my mind. That's one of my favorite tricks from the show, uh, and we actually do that on stage now. I, I was because that was one of the ones that I thought, okay, I could adapt that one to do it live on stage because people, I think, see something on the show and would love to see that again live versus like oh no we saw you do this live before we want something new but no way. when they haven't seen it live it's something special yeah i mean you know like you hear greatest hits every time you would see that you know what i mean you would lose your goddamn mind but i just feel like magic wasn't really like that i don't know 30 years ago was it was it that extreme well it was uh more spectacle, I think. Like, people would lean into the spectacle. Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear, you yeah. know? And even if you didn't see it, like, you'd heard that he'd done that. So that's legendary. That's, yeah. like, an epic, legendary thing that becomes bigger than the, you know, the myth grows. And I think David Blaine was the first one to, to just, oh, let me just show you a really simple, beautiful and trick. And take it to the street, let you, Yeah, take it to the street, let you just uh, marinate on that, that one thing. That's what that cell phone bit did because one everyone has a freak show paranoia about their phone we're yeah. so addicted to it and if you if you drop it and it shatters the idea of it going in the water that's like someone's entire life and you chucked it in and you're just sitting there watching and you're like you're cuz you're mixing the statue of liberty we can't relate to it Right. You know We've never I mean? held we're it just in our hand. Awe. Yeah, we're in awe of that idea but you took it away to humanize this like this trick and freak someone out and then blow their minds on top of it so you've already put them in a place of like almost hysteric you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. if someone took my phone and threw in the water i would probably i mean i don't know if i get physical with them but i mean have you ever pushed someone to that point you know what's funny is that i want i kind of want people to react a little more viscerally because you know then i decide how quickly i turn into the the trick or kind of go into the reveal or if i let them live in this like wait wait, is that it yeah Am I not getting my phone back before? No, it's in a bottle. But I think as soon as you have like really nice camera guys and you kind of look like you're doing something credible, people don't freak out as much because they're like, okay, well, someone's going to pay for my, my shit. <laughs> That's true. So That's- I like to have a smaller footprint and to kind of look a little more shoestring and then but you how get much, a real how much, reaction. How much room for improvisation is there in your, in your tricks, in your magic? Like... I'd say I know that these three things have to happen. I got to throw their, I got to show them an empty bottle, toss it in the water. I got to throw their phone in the water. And then how quickly I get to the third step is up to me. Yeah. Based on one, you don't want to cut between step two and step three. Mm-hmm. So I know it has to be tight. You know, yeah. we can't let me experiment with crowd work for three minutes trying to get to some funny beat before <laughs> yeah, I reveal the phone. Um, but there's room for imp- improvisation. Even that girl, like one of the girls on that sketch was like, you know, you watch it on TV, but to see it right in front of your face is like mind-blowing. Yeah, I lo- they, were so- they were big magic nerds. They were so excited to be there. Yeah. And I love that she said that because there is that as a viewer you're watching and you're like, well, if I was there, it'd be yeah. different. And so you left she- room for the funniest thing was I just imp- impressed because people as a stand-up, when I like became a stand-up, you know what I mean? Like, and that, that's what I mean. Like had credits was in the business when I knew people did magic and, and comedy, you're like, Oh, okay, really? Let's yeah. see how funny they are. And 
the the best thing joke in that whole bit was you like now you can keep this phone in here as a memento of like the grandiose idea that someone was able to do this or we can smash it and get your phone back and you built it up like yeah she's gonna be like i want this in the bottle next thing you know you're just uh -huh. smashing it so like <laughs> i love that you like still like it's like you're 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 you have as much respect as you have for the magic you have just as much respect for the comedy where you're making it good and like you know concrete absolutely that's really yeah, i mean you. it's got to be tough dude well it's tough because i um i don't want to just do magic for magic's sake you know like yeah. you, there's such amazing magic you can do and magic can hold up on its own but but i feel like it's so much more powerful when it's about something or it's really really funny yeah so i now try to always have something that ticks all those boxes for sure and, and it's hard like for me in comedy i feel even when i like i, pl I prank friends all the time uh -huh. is as much real I can put it in as possible where people like, holy cow, like I like to push them to the point where they're like, no, he's serious right now. Then the joke hits, you do the same thing in your magic where you're like making it as real as possible and then you pull the sheet out on people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So where did that, I mean, you, I feel like most magicians start with like, well, I found a magic book and uh -huh. I decided, is that, is that how it happened for you? I, um... And do you hate talking about this? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. So I, when I was twelve, I broke both my arms riding my bike, also wearing what kind of bike blades. did you have? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. What were you trying to do trick that? I was I was rollerblading. My friends came over there biking. I didn't have my shoes, so I just hopped on my bike and kept the rollerblades on. What a jackass! Uh, and I fell off, broke both arms, both arms in the same simultaneously. Place? And my doctor recommended magic card tricks as physical therapy. So that's how I. No Got way. Hooked. Yeah. Patch True Adams story. came in and said, you know what you need? <laughs> Want to be Patch Adams. Yeah. <laughs> Want to be. But it took like the fact that the doctor said, like, I think Justin should do this thing made my parents really take it seriously and support. Well, the doctor said it. So we got to get you a magic book. First, How many decks of cards do you need? What do we got to do? Yeah. Yeah. Is that man still alive? Uh, we sued him for malpractice. He lost his career. And <laughs> He was, uh, Could you imagine? Went. He changed your life. He did. That he did. guy changed your well, life. Well, you know who really did? It was a magician who would come through Children's Hospital in St. Louis. He went by Dr. Magic. And and I think my doctor, Dr. Magic, not a real doctor. Yeah. So my doctor, I think a real doctor, not a magician, saw that I really was geeking out over this magic guy and just kind of offhand connected the dots. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. And 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 playing cards were kind of like that first way in. Just yeah, because well, you think of magic, you think of dexterity, you think of why is a that? Deck of is cards. because that they're. I mean, is there a lot of numbers in magic? There's a lot of numbers. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff with numbers in the show. Yeah. but with cards, I think it is. It's like that perfect entry level thing because uh, they're cheap. You can carry them with you all the time. As mm -hmm. a kid, you know, you don't have money, so you kind of learn magic with stuff around you or coins or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you can learn a very basic card trick and get satisfaction, or you can spend your entire life working on card tricks and there's like some next level oh, yeah. stuff you can do. So the, it's like a minute to learn a lifetime to master. Yeah. And it's always there in your pocket. When you watch those, what do they call them? Close-up magicians? Yeah. Is that what you call it? Yeah. And you're just like, no way. It's crazy. I can't even handle it. It's like, crazy. It blows my mind. And because everyone's held decks of cards, they're like a very familiar object. And we know what you can do and what you can't do. So when someone does something incredible with it, it's yeah. it's not a, even though it is a magic prop, it's not like a, it's, it's an ordinary object. See, I've never been able, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, nah, I don't believe magic. And you know what I always say to them? I go, I don't care if it's real. 
you're get they whether it's true magic where they're able to transform time or dimensions or they're just so quick and good at disillusioning you i don't care what it is yeah i want to see it because it blows my mind every time like you got to go in and just be like no i'm 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 cool with getting my mind blown mm -hmm. you know and that's my and with i never was able to do a magic trick but i was always good at math i love numbers and i i think how much <laughs> this got to be a I'll ask you that in a second, but my trick used to be I could take a deck of cards and I could cut them in half, and by weight I could go twenty six, twenty six. Really? Yeah. As a skill. As a skill. For real. Yeah. That's good. And like you know, by weight or by eyeball. By weight. By weight. Like I would hold them, I switch a couple over, mm -hmm. then I move a couple back, and then I'd be like, all right, count them, and I would do it, and people would be like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I'm just guessing, pretty much, you know. Yeah. And then the beauty of not being a real magician is if it was like. 25 27 i could be like well, I'm, I'm one off come on that's not good enough I'm not even a magician come, come on. on yeah that's what was funny. the first trick do you remember the first trick you learned well i think the first the first tricks you learn with the deck of cards are uh, at least for me like the self-working ones that i don't doesn't need sleight of hand so mm -hmm. the ones that involve math and counting yeah where it's like all right i'm gonna deal out three piles of seven yeah think of a card you got it now i'm gonna redeal those piles what piles it in okay redeal and then finally you can tell them what the card is yeah and those are fun because you learn a you don't even need to know how it works. You just need to know it's going to work, yeah. which is fun. Um, but I think it was like that one of those tricks where you it can impress your parents for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's empowering when your parent is like, wait, what did you, how did you do that? Person who I have taught everything they know totally. knows something I don't know, yeah. which is pretty cool. And it's pretty cool that your parents were, obviously they were supportive of the magic, right? Very supportive. Yeah. I mean, I had to like, you know, get a go to go to college and get a where'd you go degree. to school emerson emerson college um, in quotes yeah that time well but yeah they were very supportive they would i would do kids birthday parties around town in st louis when i was like 14 15 they would chauffeur me no way yeah that's amazing it's amazing yeah um you know, it's funny you were saying about uh people can't enjoy magic or i can't believe it's real it's it's the same like if you watch a comedian you're suspending your disbelief. You're not like, all right, I have to fact check if his wife really did say of that. Of course, yeah. Does he really have two kids? Let me look that up Let because it's not up. funny until I vague make sure. Like you don't care. Yeah. They're presenting. You're presenting an illusion. You're 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 spinning a spinning a yarn. Totally. They just they just. I just think it's funny when people are just like want to go against. They want to bucket. You know, they want to buck the trend or buck the grant. Just be like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to believe it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to buy it. No, nah, I don't think that guy's funny. Like, yeah, he's hilarious. There's a reason everyone in this room is laughing right now. Right. Um, so how do you take going from making card tricks, mm -hmm. you know, to, I mean, that thing, I was watching this clip you did on Ellen where you ripped off a piece of a card and you use the humor of the Frosted Flakes boxes uh -huh. and then that card is in the wrapped package with the tore off thing. Like, it's insane. It's like we ever and everyone's just like and then Ellen just ends and she's like, OK, watch Justin's show. And you want to be like, no, let's all go back and figure out what is going on and why he's not working for NASA right now. Let's and small group this. <laughs> we got a table table the show for a uh, sec. How, why is it that cards? I mean, that's a crazy elevated trick beyond counting in something you can learn in a book, I uh -huh. would imagine. You know, like, how does it get to the point where you're, why is the playing cards even still involved there? Is it just because it kind of, they kind of go, not to, no pun intended, hand in hand, magic and cards. They go hand in sleight of hand. 
Hand in sleight of I hand. Do, Is that your new book? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, I don't do a lot of card tricks anymore. Like I think in the show here, there were none, and then I just put one in that just because it's because there weren't any, which is, so it's fun. But I feel like uh, they're synonymous, which is why I sometimes stay away from doing a lot of card tricks. Yeah. But uh, doing a card trick like that one that I did on Ellen, the cards are not really used like, a, it's not like a not at all. shuffling. You know, the card yeah. is just a happenstance thing. Item. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, there's something about the tangibility and like we know that there's only one of every card in the deck and we know if you pick one that's one in 52 like all these natural uh, understandings that are built yeah. in to a card trick that you yeah. don't have to like over familiarity they're already there yeah exactly so w I was at the uh, comedy magic club uh, my first date with my wife we went there oh yes yep. you're in the audience or you also were doing a spot no, no. Oh, okay. We were in the audience. Uh, I was friends with Derek Hughes. You know Derek? Mm -hmm. And Derek, you know, I said, hey, can we get into the club, you know? And um, he was like, of course. And we went and we watched his show and he was great. And afterwards, you know, I introduced him to my wife or my girl, the girl I took, was taking on the first date and he was doing a trick for her. And like, she was getting giddy. I'm like, would you slow down, dude? Like, <laughs> what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, you want to finish it? So he let me finish it. And he did this, this amazing trick. And it was like, uh, she still has that card. And uh, it was just such like a great first date because it's this crazy entertainment. But he was saying when we were there that like comedians, I mean, magicians, like go there sometimes to work out stuff and like talk to other magicians like are you seeing how are you even coming up with a trick you know what i mean because for me which is how i think some people see comedy they're like they go can i tell you a joke and they tell me some street joke yeah. whheras everyone would be like oh yeah i know that let me show you a trick and you're just right. like how the heck are you coming up with new tricks yeah that's the hard part well the you know you learn i imagine you learn the guitar by learning the chords and you cover other people's songs yeah. and then you kind of like oh i understand how and why they did that and yeah create your own songs i think magic's the same in that you learn all these principles and now i've been doing magic for like 25 years so you kind of you know you know all the genres of magic there's mentalism in this and you know kind of all the props and what's behind them and then you can kind of figure out well, let me do that old trick, but with a phone or with something new, yeah. and then it feels like a new trick. It's and like engineering, then, it seems like. Kind you know? of, yeah. You're like building and like, it's oh, you chemistry could work this in here. Yeah. yeah, and then you want to figure out, okay, well, why is it funny? What's this? What's it about? What's, what purpose is it? Or why are we doing this? Yeah. You know? And then... The, and then you can put it like workshop it in front of an audience and find out where the beats are and stuff. But how do you workshop if it's gonna work? It's gonna work if it's. How do you even where That's are you the thing. workshopping it first? If it's not first? gonna work, I don't even like putting it up on stage because of it's, course it's almost. Un I mean, it's a joke uh, cannot work, and, and you fine. can be fine. Exactly. But if you do a trick and that doesn't work, you've lost their trust for the rest of the yeah, show. Yeah, they didn't come to see that. No way. It's like someone streaked across the stage and you <laughs> saw something. Just you're a little repulsed. Totally. Yeah, it which is I the think. Mood. Why every time a magician does a trick and it's built in to not work, mm -hmm. we love it. Oh, yeah. And then you go, oh, yeah, but check this. And then boom. I love you hit it. That. That. Oh, my God. Because everyone, I think, for when you're watching magic, you're always aware of the trick may work or not. Oh, man, I, I kind of hope it works but I'm thinking about what I would do if it doesn't work. So playing with that expectation is fun. No one in the audience is thinking for comedy like, oh gosh, I hope, oh gosh, if this, I, everyone wants everyone to be funny, yeah. but no one's also thinking like, what if he starts, if he bombs on this joke? 
what am I going to do and feel? You know, yeah. like uh, there's this uh, comedian and he has Tourette's. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. He's wildly funny, but he'll do a joke and when he's get 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 or he's stuck. No, he has Tourette's, but for the punchline, and you're sitting there like, oh, my God, get there. And when he does, he's such a great writer. Is it Drew Lynch? I think it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. So funny. His tag, they crush. Yeah. They crush so hard because the whole time you're like, oh, he's not going to get it. Tension release. Tension release. Tension release. And I mean, you know, I don't know if it's a product of his disability or his ability to use his disability uh-huh. either way it's just amazing so like anytime a magician does that my favorite with magic is when i see someone and i'm just like nope nope like i can't even deal with it you know what i mean i want i i want that all the time where you don't even you're like i don't even i'm not even close enough to even think about how thank you for not even giving me a thread to stand on here i'm not going to try to think about how it works yeah not even you're in full wonder mode yeah of course that's the best which i feel like what you're doing now with your show and i imagine you're doing it here with your live show i mean how much of the stuff you're doing the live show is on your tv show um maybe two or three things yeah yeah most of it is is kind of their longer routines and lots of crowd work and audience participation that just is meant to be there for you're meant to be in the room for which is nice that i didn't burn everything you know yeah, in, in the, sure. the tv show you know what's funny is i'm i'm i've got some weird uncomfortability with like the reactions like david blaine gets you know like mm-hmm. just I, I i'm not comfortable with people freaking out uh, like scared of the magic or like in awe as much as I am just I, w- I want you to laugh like I'm very comfortable with laughter why is that so I, I sometimes like like you know douse that fire with laughs you know like for the, yeah. the card and the frosted flakes like kind of like let me breeze past how fucking impossible this is yes. let's just get to a joke and it's really fun yes and I don't know why that is I don't know what that is about me. It's your wizardry. Are you afraid of your wizardry? I don't know. Maybe I just don't know what to do with those kinds of, not, not, you know, just those kinds of reactions and like the compliments that, you know, after the show where people are just like, how did you do that? I'd rather just be like, make them laugh and have them have a great time. That was really funny. Do you think it's an extreme where like they might come up to you and be like, I mean, this is a crazy extreme, but like, our son is sick. Could you heal him? Do you think like they think you might be? I've gotten a couple emails like where people, you know, or like uh, I I know that there was to do to be able to do what you do, you had to pay some price, and I need to really pass my LSATs, and I'm willing to pay whatever price there is. You're like, you all know, right, grab to a the pair of rollerblades, right? Find a bicycle. <laughs> exactly. He's hoping I'm saying to say like, okay, you need to get a goat. I need a goat, six-month-old goat, a sharp machete. <laughs> totally. Uh-huh. Do you think it's like, uh, I mean, I mean, if you don't want to say, you don't have to, but like, is there an element that's learned and an element that's just innate in magic? <laughs> well, yeah, there's the... Because I think we all want to think that it's got, there's an innate thing. There's an innate way of, I think, obviously there's the learned sleight of hand, the dexterity, the, you know, you could open up a book and never leave your room and learn beautiful sleight of hand. Yeah. But then there's the performance ability of it, being able to do that in front of people and kind of, even for a room where there's a, you know, a whole audience, kind of just knowing where they're looking at all times. Like there's just something about that and the more you do magic, being like observing. Observing, you kind of, you kind of know where everyone's head is at you know if they're if they're ahead of you you know okay i need to i did something wrong i need to totally you know and i'm sure it's the same same with comedy comedy. 
uh, and that's like a little Spidey superpower, right? Yeah. And then there's the ability, and and after doing comedy for a long time, you could attest that, like, you write something, you're like, I don't even need to test this. I know this is going to kill. Sure. This is I'm gonna. This is like a little bomb I can drop on him, mm-hmm. and it's gonna erupt with laughter. You know when uh, it, it, with magic. You're like, I don't even need to beta test this. This is this is a thing. This yeah. is strong. We can build around it. And that's just, I guess, the confidence that comes with performing a lot. With magic, I think coming up with tricks, there's some sort of ability of, is there psychology involved and maybe some uh, just uh, performance theory, storytelling that you can, uh, you know, tick all these boxes to be able to it's all about deception like Mm -hmm. how can I deceive a smart audience of course use their expectations against them I always say manipulate like I'm always manipulating exactly like back to your spidey sense I because as an observational comedian I'm watching everything everyone's doing it every time I can tell you that guy we met out there who was appreciative of your wizardry I know exactly the hat the jacket the shirt that was tucked in the pants what he was carrying you know what I mean what color was the suit on the hanger uh, it's a well, pretty the funky suit that he black and pink, pink, pink jacket. It was pink, like yeah, pale cool. pink. Yeah, um, but like I do this story where, like in, in New York, one time I was visiting and I was staying at my buddy's house, and he gave me the keys to his apartment. I end up going in the wrong building, right? Because the super had the same key to the front doors of the buildings, and they were identical. So when I got to his apartment, my key wouldn't work, and an old man came to the door. And I thought it was my friend pretending he was this old man. I'm banging on the door. He's like, no one's home. And I'm like, come on, man. Cut. What are you doing? This isn't funny. Like, open the door. And I was kicking the guy's door. Uh-huh. It's like 1130 at night. <sighs> and that day, when I had come up to his apartment, at the end of his hall, the railing, there's a cap on the banister. And I remember when I came around and put my hand on it, it was loose. And my brain goes, cap's loose on the banister. So then that night, when I'm standing there at the door, I'm like, oh, if you're in the wrong building... Go check that cap. That'll tell you the answer. And I went down and it wasn't loose and I was in the wrong building. But like as an observational comedian, it's just like those weird little tiny things that like everyone else will glaze over that I'm constantly like just checking every single thing everywhere. So like for you, you're just you're you're having are there two sets of thoughts going on in your brain at all time? Like because in stand up, there are the nights that I know I'm not on even though like jokes are working is when I'm telling jokes and I'm having a whole other conversation Uh in my head. I'm like, dude, get in the game here. Uh You know what I mean? How do you, your mouth is saying things and it's working, Uh, but you're not, I'm having whole other thoughts. And I mean, I can have that, but like, there'll be times when I'm like, why is that guy fidgeting? Like I'll see something going on as I'm telling jokes. And that's when I'll jump into crowd work. So for you, how are you eyes on everyone in the audience and know where like people are watching? Cause especially if you're doing sleight of hand, do you find a way to distract them? Well, it has, it's, it's all about the details. It ha- I think it has to do with, at least for me, like op- opening, whatever my opening bit joke or trick or whatever it is needs to be short and like sets the tone. Mm-hmm. So to train the whole room as to, this is the kind of thing I'm going to be doing now for the next little bit has to be good, but it has to not be too hard to follow, and it should be funny, some, yeah. some, some element. And once I've done that, I feel like, okay, now the crowd's primed. If the crowd is, if it's still scattered, maybe it's just the environment, and you have to work harder on the, you know, roping in the room than you are about, you know, the, the, the nuance of the magic. But I, th- I think this, there's a parallel, you know, with the, when you're doing a joke, and you're like, why didn't that not work? And it's just like, oh, I said or instead of and. Oh, my God. I don't know why that would make a difference. But it makes the whole difference. Totally. With magic, like, I do a bit where I borrow three uh, wedding rings from the audience. I kind of walk around and put them <laughs> in a glass and I bring, come up here and I show the three, ask them to tell us a little story about each one of the rings. And 
I put them in the glass, I stir it up, and then I pull them out, and they're linked. Mm -hmm. And I try to be really clear and simple with it because then I walk them around on a toothpick. They can see they're all linked. And then I put them in someone's hand, and they open their hand, and I pull them out one at a time. And I noticed one time, you know, I kind of, as I'm working out the beats, oh, yeah, okay, show my right hand just so I can uh, not have to do extra movements on stage because it makes people think something fishy is happening. I remember at one point I then put them all three into my left fist and I realized, oh, no, hold on, my right because I have to grab this glass. Yeah. And just doing that, like the audience doesn't even register, but it's like 100%. saying an extra or an and where yep. mm, something happened. Something and happened you know there. what? A magician would be at the back of the room like, oh, that's, gonna, that's why. Something there, yeah. As a comedian, we'll sit in the back of the room. I was saying, telling someone this recently, and you'll watch a comedian. You're like, uh, watch this now, because you heard the little stumble. Even if I stumble a little bit, you try and recover, and then like start start that little section of that joke over. And it's just you know, it's you're like fuck. You just fell out of the the zone because they're on a on a wavelength. You know right. what I mean? Well, you're yeah, you're suspending. You're you're mid illusion right there. Yeah. And if you break it, then yeah, that's weird. The little things. So that um. So for me, I have like a lot of comedians have like that one joke that they're known for. Uh-huh. And now, I mean, you've had a couple different shows, but now with the new show, that making that guy invisible, I mean, that like exploded. I mean, yeah. it's like super popular and it's unbelievable. When did you? I mean, that to me was like. I was howling out loud, but at the same time, I'm like, you've incorporated magic, but then you now that's a total social experiment because mm-hmm. you had people in on it with you. And then we were all getting to see how this guy reacts. And I feel like that's maybe where you're like, oh, I want to use my comedy for humor. Well, kind of before when you said you didn't feel comfortable when people were like in awe, but if they're like laughing, you're more comfortable. When did you like think of that bit? And like, wh- I mean, well, that, you know, that bit, the Invisible Man bit, is like uh, like 25 years ago. It was mentioned as like a little paragraph, as an idea in a book by this guy, Paul Harris, great magician, and Eric Mead. They wrote a book together, kind of like magic philosopher, some next level magic thinking uh-huh. stuff. And it was just proposed as like a, as a little experiment, amusing. And then a uh, magician buddy of mine, Dan Martin, kind of adapted the script for live form. And uh, I worked with him for a while. And then this was in my live show. And it was like a 25 minute bit. And I didn't make a dude, I didn't do the part where I really make him disappear yeah. in that bit. I added that for the TV thing. So this was just which a- Which is like, that's which what kind of, makes it. Which is what makes it, yeah. yeah. And that's harder to do on stage every night when you don't kind of have control over the environment, but it worked great for the TV thing. Sure. But I love this bit so much because you know, I send two dudes into the lobby in the live show version, and I tell them that we're going to, uh, you know, I send one guy out. I say, while you're out, we're going to ask this guy a bunch of questions, and then we're going to have you switch places and see if you can read each other's minds, which is just a false pretense to get one of the guys out of the room while I explain to the whole audience that we're about to punk his ass, you know. That's crazy. And what's fun is that the audience loves, when they get to hear the layers of deception that they're in on, they, they love it. And, yeah. and that's what makes it so long, is that it's like 15 minutes of all this buildup where they kind of get to respect the, the, uh, the, the intelligent kind of tinkering that goes into creating this illusion for this guy. Yeah. So I knew that it was like, oh man, there's some way to do this live, uh, sorry, on the TV show, mm-hmm. tight. And that's kind of where it developed into. Yeah, well, I mean, 
it was a home run and the people that were in it like you say like you love seeing them be a part of it in your yes. live show they were like amazing yes you know like their reactions and like the way they saw things and the way you set it up i mean it was sick it was really yeah i was really really pleased with what that. did those two guys say afterwards i mean did you let them in we on let them know because the, the cameras <laughs> were all like in vans and kind of long lens you know yeah. so they didn't know that they i mean first they found out that they were you know that they were on a tv show and i'm just i'm a magician you were great we love you please sign the release please yeah. <laughs> you know and then uh i talked to one of them the jonathan the first guy the main guy yeah uh, i found him on instagram after the show came after it was going viral because i just want to make sure he was obviously he'd never seen kind of the lengths to which it was really a, a uh, social experiment on yeah. him, and he was loving it. Oh, good, loving it. Yeah, he, he was, was a character. Man. He was a character when he, he came out, even it. after just like, like doing, yo, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man. Which is fun to see how different people react to that. And I found that, like, when I would do it on stage, you know, I would try to find a very specific, like, looking for kind of like a young twenty-something dude, like, fun-loving, not someone on a date who's like also thinking about not looking totally. like an idiot on stage. Yeah. You know, try to find someone who's. Just I mean, I would never even think of that. Just these little things, yeah. yeah. And I would never choose a woman from the audience because very quickly it looks like I'm, I'm just throwing a sheet over. It just, it, it, there's so many different ways for the audience to feel like, oh no, this isn't fun. This is something mean, you know. Yeah. Like you gotta just tick those boxes, and because uh, it is, it could be. Some people do think it is mean. Just yeah. if you're tricking someone you know yeah that's why I try to make sure that it's someone who's going to give us a reaction that makes everyone feel clean about it but you also have to pick someone that is gonna have the what you feel like the commitment to believe yeah because that is uh, I mean think about what is going through that person's head it's yeah amazing it's amazing what uh, which is what the, I love about it because yeah. it's you're mixing you're making it like that's just like another level it's another uh, you know element on top of what's going on with everybody well i think we all like have these little uh remnants from fairy tales when we were kids just about like pretending you're invisible pretend you can fly yeah pretend this and this and they're so real but then we kind of outgrow them but as an adult like oh man like if if you're walking down the street and nobody acts like you're there you kind of would start to lose your shit a little bit i mean and some people would lose their shit in a good way and yeah. as we saw some people also freak out and it kind of reveals the truth yeah of who you are especially after you just saw someone disappear in the yes. chair next to you that was that's why i wanted to add that bit because i feel like that's really important convincer yeah um yeah way important fun. and that's an old trick like the you know having someone sit in a chair toss a cloth over them whipping it away and they're gone is like a 250 year old trick by this old, you know, Decolta was this old magician, and uh, just there's the the best old the best tricks are really really old things dressed up. Is there any magician you don't even know about? I mean, is like a good magi magician know their history and know like, oh, this guy did this, and this is how this guy did that, and yeah, I mean, that's I think maybe what's lost on the kids coming up now is that I had to learn with books and I had to like I didn't know what in this book was good so I had to like look through everything and thing, yeah. like as a kid with the high school library just like devouring the magic section you kind of just take it all in you do book reports on magic I mean you're when you're obsessed you you try to seize every opportunity to uh, make uh, schoolwork out of your hobby yeah but see this is something I always I am so envious of comedians that like started at 15 uh -huh. you know what i mean or even not even that like went to college for it you know what i mean um because for me it wasn't until like 25 that i started stand-up mm -hmm. so like how much of it 
like you you dove into it so hard did you know then did you know it like 12 when you broke those arms and you started like playing with cards and studying that like this was what you were going to do yeah i think ever since i was like 14 i've been saying like i'm going to be a magician when i grow up that's insane yeah which is wild had you have brothers and sisters a sister younger sister is five she years in, younger and entertainment of any level? no she's uh she works in uh she works at Saks uh, in St. Louis for doing their events and stuff. She's a oh, wow. you know a fantastic event planner and hostess. And yeah, shoes off here. Pardon me. Uh, <laughs> she used home. to be my assistant when I was a, when I was a kid. No way. She was like eight. She would I would make doves appear. <laughs> she put them on a perch in That's a French crazy. maid Halloween outfit. So wait, wait a minute. Eight. You were thirteen. I was thirteen. You were making doves. I was doing doves. I was doing like Holy that Lance Burton shit. stuff. That's crazy. I went to magic camp as a kid. Like I oh, you dove hard. I was hard. I competed in competitions. So this is going to be something you do your whole life. At this point, I I, I hope so. I mean, like you. I mean, up until like you're seven. You know, like well, people yeah, retire. I will always be. Yeah, I'll always be a magician. Yeah. Like I do still love it. Like I I love. Clearly, it comes out in everything you do. I love it. You kind of. Uh, um, I think I had to follow you recently at wasn't that at, at uh, Super Series hot or Hot Tub Hot Tub yeah. yeah and I was like this is bullshit man <laughs> you can't follow magic like, what did he, okay wait 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 what did he just do can we yeah. talk about what he just did yeah it's yeah craziness let's not move on yeah got, we got to talk about what happened yeah I mean I would probably be doing it for evil like I would do do it like do you, I would be pranking like waitresses everywhere with the family I mean wait till you, you're when's I'm your baby be a dad in I January know. January yeah January what's the due date thirteen. Okay. Um, I'm sure that's going to open up a whole new realm. But as a baby, uh, like, you don't know what's, you, you have to know what, what is possible and not possible before anything's magical. Because I, I imagine what, for the first year, everything's magic. Yeah, as a baby, of course. Right? You're like, what? Look at this apple. Watch me eat it. They're yeah. like, oh, oh my, my God. It's shrinking. Exactly. What are those things in his mouth? <laughs> those are teeth. But that'll, be, I think, be fun just psychological study you know of course yeah. I think the benefit of learning comedy or magic though while when you're young like that is that you can enjoy it for its pure like you don't have to worry about like okay is this worth my time am I gonna I gotta do a gig I gotta make totally. a living is this worth my time you can have a carefree hobby when you're young and they, you can nerd out I think in ways that you can't you know like I can't just sure. go and read a book and spend spend time at the Magic Castle library I have yeah. to be like okay I'm, I'm, I've got an hour I'm here I gotta get, get in I gotta do this I gotta pick up some shit for my wife you know like yeah, life's totally. a little busier you can't just lose yourself yeah no anymore. I know that's and it's you probably have such an innocence and a, like a appreciation and your brain is so malleable when yeah. you're young you know what I mean now you're probably setting your ways with certain stuff that you you can't even take on which exactly. is even now I'm getting even more resentful <laughs> that you found it at such a young age. You can find magic. I find magic in the world around me, and I'm glad that you found it. Let me see. Wobbly knobs. What, where the heck did magic for Susans come from? What is that? What is that? Why, why is that? Because I have a proposal. My mom is named Susan. Really? Oh, yeah. And she's coming to visit soon. I'm just saying. I it's harder to, to find hard to find Susans, believe it or not. I know. Well, we had. Do you know David Deneen Porter by any chance? I don't, but that's a great name. Good name. He's a Canadian comedian, and okay. writer, stand up. He um, is kind of like my, my head writer on the show, mm -hmm. my co-executive producer. We did a, I did a pilot with him with Absolutely Productions before this. Okay. Oh, this is Abso as well. Abso, yeah. I think when I was over there, you were, remember you were working on this. This, yeah. When we were over there, Rory and I doing our yes, golf show. Yes, that's and exactly you guys were right. We were on outside. Wait, yeah. Was that on this? Or was that this? was on this. Okay, yeah. That was on this. Actually, 
No, that was not on this. Yes, that was right. before. Was... This was a Comedy Central pilot called And Justin for All that okay, didn't yeah. get picked up, thank goodness. Um, but, you know, Abso's got that kind of, you know, the Tim and Eric brand, the yeah. flair, and which I love because it gives, you know, it, it's a chance to break up the longer pieces with just like weird short palate cleansers yeah so magic for susan's was one of david's ideas that just went on the board early as kind of like uh you know uh how about just do magic for people named susan and we yeah. didn't overthink it knowing that we'll we'll write something better later yeah. and just never never did i love that yeah because I don't think like, he knows a susan either it just happened to be a thing i i sometimes that's the best way to get things yeah. is you just pick something you know like i've heard people like look for other people with their same name yeah you know what i mean and like yep. their full name and then look them up or call them and this i just think it's like uh because as soon as like you see that that joke you're just like or a bit or a trick you're just like oh yeah what's susan's and i'm like oh my mom's a susan what's going on here you uh -huh. know what i mean uh-huh and it's no relation at all in any way of to why you'd be interested in something but it just takes your brain away from you know like it cleanses you. It, exactly. And it was a chance to do like kind of just cool straight up quick tricks like street magic tricks yeah. that I wouldn't just do on the street for no reason. You know, I could, but it's a chance to like repackage those into a silly little rapper. So you do, every night you do a show, do you ask if there's a Susan? I do now. You're going to start getting a following. I do. And I people people beat me to it like, yeah. you know, hey, I need somebody is there a Susan? You know, people will yell that, which is... Oh, really? Yeah, I guess that's my free bird. And Where's they're going to be like, yeah, totally, uh -huh. dude. Or like when I like, when I'm doing crowd work, I'll ask questions. People are like, he does. They'll like rat uh -huh. out their friend. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, we got her name's Susan. I mean, how often does that come up before you've even addressed it? A lot. Yeah. You know, it just goes to show like people love details. So it's like as an observational comedian, it's mm -hmm. just about those little details that mm -hmm. no one else would notice. And no one really probably ever thought about the fact that, like, every Susan I know is kind of the same kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they you'll... They pay with a check. What? You know, Susans, they pay with a check. They, <laughs> totally. You know. My mom's a Susan. She undercooks her meatballs. Yep. Uh, my mom will now call me. Like, I have to, like, take inventory of my surroundings before I can answer a call from my mom. You know what I mean? I'm like, I just don't know. I got to be on how the first floor. Go? How long is it going to go? How much time do I have? Do I have a water nearby? Am uh -huh. I, do I want to hear about death? Because, uh -huh. you know, it's almost always like, you know, uh, March, oh, no. you know, yeah, March Lepo passed. Oh, and you're my. just like, oh, okay, Ma. Like, uh, and recently she called and I, I, I couldn't get to the hall. Like I couldn't assess everything in time to pick up. So I missed the call. Mm -hmm. And then I called her back and she picked up and she goes, Jason, were your ears ringing? And I go, what? She goes, I was just thinking. I go, Ma, uh, you just called. I'm calling you back. She's like, well, I know I am. What do you, you know that's what I mean? Hilarious. Like, how is your relationship with your folks? Um, I just saw them. It was at a family reunion slash memorial service you do the past couple of days with my parents. Wait a minute. What well, my grandmother passed away in March, so we uh, in, in Oregon, and so we buried her remains in Duluth, Minnesota, this past week. Uh -huh. So, and it was the first time that like. I mean, I have a small family, 15, 20 people all yeah. kind of got together. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I always like, I always think that like wakes and funerals are fun. People like, get, yeah, they don't like it. I'm like, no, it's, when else are you getting your whole family together? It's Everyone's a, there. A, yeah. Rage. It's a gift. And when so, they're, when they're very old in their nineties, it's a gift. It's a gift. And, yeah. uh, my folks are, and you know, there's, my dad's really weird. It's just a weird old man. Yeah. Really weird old man. And I've finally grown to like stop to not get all like 
hung up and high blood pressure, like, uh, you know, pushing against his ways versus my ways. Like, totally. just used to drive me crazy. And then my mom, she has Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. So, you know, she's, you maybe could go 30 seconds without noticing it. But yeah. then, you know, you'd, you'd, I think maybe a minute in be like, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. you introduce yourself again and whatnot. Yeah, that's so that's tough. tough. And so it's really tough when I see them just because I think my denial likes to for, just forget about how severe it is or just forget about how far along it is because they live in St. Louis and I live here. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk on the phone, it's pleasant and quick. But when you're, with, when you're with her, you realize it. And then I also feel bad for my dad, man. He's you know, doing his, a good job, trying his best, not doing perfect at being the caretaker, yeah. a role that he didn't. And then forgetting, yeah. like, at the end of the day, that was his wife. Yeah. That is his wife. And that was the, for, in, in if he was in my shoes, that was the girl he met at a beach party, Marion Del Rey, and took out to the Magic Castle on that first yeah. night and had all these, like, amazing, so he's got to see that. But you know what's even, like, it's not refreshing to think, but, like, as a magician, as mm-hmm. a comedian, people peg us as one thing magician or comedian but didn't just to hear at the end of the day you're a human being that has to still have a family and still has to like watch their family get old and mm-hmm. life is still going to happen to us no matter what you know right and you know uh, when you're with your family they don't, they don't really care about your new bit or what not show you're doing at or, all i didn't even take a yeah not even take any magic you know like you kind of don't even talk about that which you, is nice do you have i mean you said you have a small family but is there anyone in your family that is like the champion to your magic like i saw the show this week it was unbelievable uh-huh. or i love the new th- you know what i mean do you have anyone like that or well, a friend my aunt, from growing my up my aunt or? carrie my dad's sister she lives in portland she's kind of the most cool sane person in the family yeah um, um i'm very close with my sister but then the most of the rest of the people like my, my parents aren't even on facebook my dad doesn't even know how to text yeah they literally my mom. every time i see him ask me what channel netflix is on <laughs> How do we see what time? What time do we see the show? That's amazing. So they just don't know. When can I tune in? When can I tune in? My mom can't text either. No texting and or skyping. No skyping. Oh, yeah, no. no FaceTime. And I've like a couple times been like, Ma, like, do you want to see your grandkids? They live three thousand miles from you. Like, can you get the Skype thing down? And then we had it for a minute, and then she's like, then she like couldn't figure it out again. And I'm like, can't you get someone from the church to come over and like just set it up for you? The whole thing. No, yeah, she can't. So now she's going to come out and visit. My dad writes me letters for things that should be text messages. Like he'll, like handwritten letters. Handwritten letters that are on the back of uh, letters that he's received. So he's crossed out. He recycles the how old envelopes. Is he? He's seventy-two. Oh man, but yeah. he's holding it down. Yeah, my grandmother though, who just passed away, who was ninety, ninety-two, was still emailed me till the end, you know, and would see everything. Wow. She was savvy yeah. with her iPad. So your folks just Skips have decided to just, yeah, I don't know. They just don't see, they think it's too too much work, uh, too late in life. What's the benefit of trying to learn this new thing? Yeah. See, yeah. like in comedy, like you would have these people and you find a way to work them in. Are you finding ways, I mean, to see magic tricks? Are you able to like escape it or are you like literally at a wake and you're like, man, if you could just, you know, you brought, if it was open casket, you could do the, mm-hmm. are you always just like doing that well yeah always uh and that's what's fun like thinking about the ashes like what what trick could i do with ashes yeah like grandma's ashes (laughs) could like take a handful of them you know and there becomes a snowstorm of ashes yeah some weird stuff yeah that but that's fun and then i'm always like now now that i've tried to not let my dad irritate me as much i always just 
just try to take mental notes on the weird, funny things he does. Because I do a bit of my show now about that I'm going to be a dad, and it has me just thinking about all the stuff I did with my dad, and we kind of play this game that's a magic thing that that is kind of half true and half embellished about just my dad being a pilot throughout my childhood, and he would always be away three, was four he? days of the week. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then he'd come back, and I was kind of like a mama's boy, but the things that I would do with my dad, and so now I'm kind of mining every conversation with them for more more material yeah, when yeah. I can. And more not I mean, you kind of, and once you have your boy, yeah. um, you're gonna probably do. I mean, I mean, I know I do. I'm always like, ah, man, I hope, are they gonna hate me? Like, cause they're like, you go through that phase where, like you said, you get annoyed at everything your dad says. I'm like, I can't imagine that they're gonna hate me. You know what I mean? They're not gonna get that annoyed That's at so me. Cool. Like I used to. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. now my my kids are four and three. Like they love me beyond belief, uh-huh. and they just like, even if they're even if they're annoyed at me. I grab them, I squeeze them, and I just kiss under their neck until they can't stop laughing. And it's uh-huh. like, see, you can't be mad at me. You got their bits. Dude. Yeah, yeah, like I'll crush you every Everything's single time. Everything's a callback. My right? whole world is a callback. It's back. one long set. Yeah. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I'll fall into that yeah. pattern. Why did I? I mean, my dad was like a retired Marine, and he was a pilot in the military, so he just had like different DNA. And there was like so much stuff that he saw and did that I'm sure he just wasn't properly... Uh, guided throughout a process, you know, yeah. so you just kind of become that person who's got some weird issues that you don't know why, and it bubbles up in weird different places. So he's always just been weird, and I've rebelled against. Who him. did he fly for? For uh, Ozark and then TWA. Okay, so I only know one pilot mm-hmm. in my life, and he maybe is the most confident, bold man I've ever known. Like to be a pilot and to take a plane with a bunch of people on and be like, I got it. You know this thing that we're not supposed to be doing uh-huh. like as humans? <laughs> yep. I mean, was he like that? Was he just the kind of guy that he could walk in any situation, you never worried about a thing, or is that no, just... No, I cannot believe he was a pilot. I can never. I could never believe that he... Like he was a bad driver. I couldn't. <laughs> I can't imagine how he can't make. He can't operate a Keurig now, and I don't understand <laughs> yeah, how he was totally. able to operate the 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 you know the instruments to I fly mean, a plane. I mean, that's hilarious. Yeah, I get nervous when I've got passengers in the car who I'm like not yeah. cool with. People in the back seat weirds me out. I'm thinking, overthinking every little bump and turn. Yeah. So and he would just take a plane off. Wracking. Yeah. Crazy. But, but if not, if he was a cool cucumber, I mean, you can't have anxiety and stress when you're a pilot. And you know what's funny is that, like, he must have been a cool cucumber, but that was, like, the one time where I would was I could never observe him in that, in his element. Yeah. I only got to see him, the cucumber off duty. <laughs> not as cool. You only saw him when he got pickled, man. When he got pickled. Exactly. Have you never flown with him? I had flown. I'd been in, well, I actually, I was in the cockpit with him a couple times because he would fly me like from boy scout camp to uh sports camp how far in the did you summer, get like scouts? a cessna uh i was a first class oh man when i broke my arms i kind of fell out of all those little extracurriculars yeah. and and dove into magic yeah yeah i loved boy scouts i, I mean boy i scouts. only got as far as star but my brother got life but anytime i meet like an eagle scout i'm like oh, way to go dude yeah because i loved boy scouts so much it's just like same thing but the all the eagle scouts were always like like high school juniors and seniors and there's only like one or two of them it's yeah like, i mean it's you, full why? commitment well, yeah you guys must really be nerds you yeah. hung on they held on to you it. really got to so wait you would take a cessna to boy yeah, scout camp? so he would rent a cessna because i had the, the camps were like very close and it was probably a cool dad power play Big i'm gonna time. fly you yeah 
in the middle from what from the middle of Missouri one place to the middle of Missouri another place. Wait, from what? Where were you going from the like first from place? Like from maybe Branson to uh, Washington, Missouri. But wait, why? Where were you leaving from? Leaving Boy Scout camp, going to Christian Sports Camp. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was that, cool. That's badass. You, the dude, showing up in the plane. Exactly. And I don't think I ever did a. Uh, I was in a cockpit with him when he was flying a passenger plane. I don't think that was allowed. Yeah, but I was in the I was in the audience. It was in the it was in the it was in coach. <laughs> so I heard him on the mic. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's amazing. And then my dad gives a speech at my grandma's funeral. And it's like forty five minutes long and just needs an, he needs an editor. Yeah, he needs or someone to like cut it out. Uh huh. Yeah. Have you ever spoken at one of those kind of things? I have. Have I ever spoken at a funeral? I don't think so. I have once, and it was for my 102-year-old aunt. Uh-huh. And afterwards, like, I got very emotional, and my brother, the only thing he said to me, this is so Boston, he goes, oh, I was so embarrassed for you. Ah. Uh, <laughs> like, you son of a bitch. Showing emotion. What are you talking about? How I'm dare like, you? Yeah, it was so so amazing. Um, well, this has been awesome, man. This I appreciate you sitting awesome. down. Yeah, man. And um, Humans. Human to human. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I love that. That's what you call it, you know, magic oh, for yeah, humans. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, again, it takes that, takes it out of just the magic and puts it on like this idea that you are working on people. Yes. You know, there's a, a level of like uh, therapy in it. Do you think yeah, that? I do think that. And yeah. self-therapy a little bit, you know. For sure. Because, uh, yeah, they're all ideas or concepts that I'm struggling with, you know. For there's sure. There's no mastery there. Yeah. It's a quest for my second album is called human math, you know, because it was the uh, same thing. It was like me doing the math of humans and yes. like why we do things. And then like how I put myself in situations and how I see you react to what I'm doing. And that was like when I first saw that the show came out and that's what it was called. I was like, Oh, it immediately grabbed me. I'm like, Oh, I want to know what that is. And then sure enough, it was kind of in that vein of what you know, not therapy, but like using people as the magic, you know, exactly. You'd like this show. There's a lot oh, of coming. math and numbers in it. Yeah, I'm coming for sure. Good. Awesome, buddy. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jay. What does punk rock have to do with steroid abuse? How does a soap company save a suicide? Aussie Confidential, the newest podcast from Aussie, tells all. Host Eugene S. Robinson, journalist, actor, stuntman, frontman, creator of Sex with Eugene, True Stories, and Eugenius is now all up in your ear with interviews from the underground. Ungoogleable, untold, undiscovered until now. Part ranterific crosstalk from the edge, part no holds barred, delving into the dark stuff often left unsaid, complete with a soundtrack to die for. Aussie Confidential is is a podcast for people, personalities, and weirdly wild notions about what we reveal and what we most want to conceal. Episodes might be 20 minutes, they might be two hours. You never know. On Aussie Confidential, the form fits the function. This is the podcast your mother warned you about. Only from Aussie. Live curiously. And if you can't wait, listen a day early, only on Himalaya. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, sit down with Justin Wilman. Such an awesome, awesome dude. Funny, smart, uh, serious, interesting. And uh, if you like magic, you know, this is your man. And if you don't, what's your deal? Why would you not like magic? Check out his show, um, Magic for Humans on Netflix. 
He's such a great dude, and keep an eye out for anything that he's working on or if he's going to be touring anywhere near you because he does an amazing, amazing live show. I'm Jay Larson. Thank you so much for listening to Throughline. We'll have a new episode for you next week.